Hey, what's going on, New City Church? How we doing today, man? What a fun day, fun day. Uh, good to be with you all this morning. Good to be with you if you're watching with us online, too. It's great to have you guys, or whether you're on our Facebook or YouTube or whatever uh, platform we got. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Good to be with all. It's good to be with the Lord today, man. It has been a, like, the energy level has been insane today. Like it's been crazy, something in the air, man. Oh, we got some special occasion going on? What, what's happening, right? Uh, so we are finishing the season of Seek 2023, and good to see you. Good to be with you guys today, man. Good to be with you. We got some new faces in today, so we're going um, you know, to try to behave and not scare people off. But uh, some of the guys like Ron, man, he even brings his wife with him. And so he's like, hey, you know, I uh, came first time last week, couldn't scare you off. You know, you know you're tough when that happens, right? So I love that. So good to be with everybody. For real, it is. I, oh, I'm going to do this a lot. I got a new lapel that I've been asking for for a long time. And uh, does that drive you crazy? Is that driving you? I'm kidding. That's me, man. That's me. Tony's like, what's going on? I love it, man. <laughs> but I forget it's there because you laugh. What's that? That's big heartbeat. Yeah, like, what's that? <laughs> it's so good, man. Oh, no, no, man. It is, it's wonderful to be with you guys this morning. Um, again, my name is Casey. I'm one of the folks that are serving alongside a lot of people, doing a lot of things that God has called us to do. And Man, I, I really enjoy the whole, um, the whole idea of this, what we're calling SEEK 2023. If you're not familiar with what SEEK is, SEEK is an acronym. Uh, and the first, uh, the S stands for surrender. Now, we also have, you know, of course, engage, which we're engaging the things that we want us to do. Embrace the things throughout the year that God wants us to do. And then uh, keep checking on things, keep checking the progress and all those kind of things, which is awesome, right? But the, the first S, and, and I say this a lot because people are like, didn't you say this last week? And didn't you say this the week before? And didn't you say this the week before? So I, yeah, I did. Um, but, but it's amazing to me. There have been things that I talked to people this morning about that, that they said, oh, I had no idea. I'm like, I've been saying it every week. So it's one of those things where not that I'm frustrated by any means, but it's one of those things where if we, we want to over-communicate what God is doing to us so that we all understand why we're doing what we're doing, what God wants us to do, why he wants us to do it, and the fact that it is God that is in charge doing, like, like dictating and, and, and planning for us what he wants us to do, amen? And so when we're looking at this whole idea of seek, like, like any, most organizations, and, and even if you do a family budget and things like that, you look at it and you go, okay, what did we do last year? What did we do last month? And then we'll say, let's, let's, let's maybe the consumer price index is this, or hey, inflation looks like it's going to be this, and you know, milk's gone up, or electricity's gone up. And then uh, whether you're an organization or you're a family or whatever, a lot of times you'll just look at your budget and you go, okay, this is what we spent last time, last month, last year. And then we'll say, we'll plan ahead based on what we've done. What we do in SEEK, what we do in our, in our ministries here is that we surrender those to God and we start with zero. Which is honestly is kind of a scary thing for, for a lot of us. Like, and it's a scary thing for me when I say scared. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm so afraid of what, what, you know, what the unknown and things like that. It's just like, I just got a lot of ideas. I just want to make sure they're God's. I just want to make sure we lay things down and say, God, what do you want us to do? Because I want my hopes, my dreams, our hopes, our dreams, your hopes your dreams, to ultimately start with God first 
And our dreams get built by God. Our plans get built by God. And that's what we do. And so a few, actually we started this in July, believe it or not. And people are like, it's halfway through the year. It's, it's, it's almost weird to even think about planning for 2023. But when you start in July, you start going, okay, God, we know what you have told us to do this year. What do you want us to do in 2023? Like if we start planning and budgeting and all this kind of stuff, what do you actually want us to do? And the reason we start doing this and the reason we're going to have this big celebration and giving moment and worship time at the end of this with QR codes on the screens and everything, to, if you want to do that to give, which was cool because the chosen folk, we, we went to the chosen premiere. I see you went as well. So you, you got the swag. It's cool. But you got the, we went to the chosen premiere the other day. They had a QR code on the screen. I'm like, man, we came up with that first. What are you talking about? So it's kind of a neat thing, but it was we surrender ultimately what God wants us to do. Like that's the bottom line. And that's the thing I think I'm most proud of when it comes to our church. I love our church a whole bunch. I love our people. I love, um, and I, because we're like God's family, right? But one of the unique things about what we do is we just don't budget and plan the way most people do. We take into consideration what God wants us to do first and then we just go with that. And I love that, man. I love that. And, and it's amazing to me what God has over the years said for us to do. The first time we did this, man, God told me something and told a lot of us something I did not want to hear. And he said, this is your, it was actually, we, we started planning for uh, 2020. It was, it was uh, July, August of 2019. We sat, we sat down and said, this is the first time we've done this in this way. And so we're going to surrender this to God. And we said, God, what do you want us to do? And you know what God said? Something I didn't want to hear. He said, I don't want you to do nothing. I thought that was the weirdest thing I'd ever heard God say. He, he, he said to us, this is the, like 2020 is the seventh year you will have been in Edgerton plowing the fields, sow, sowing seeds, reaping harvest. It's time for that mission field to rest. And that's what you as a church are going to do. Not that you're not going to have services. Not that you're not going to do outreach or anything like that. But you're going to have a season of rest. And I honestly struggled with that. I'm like, God, certainly you want us to do some really cool stuff. And he's like, no, I want you to rest. This is what I've said. And so we heard that from a leadership team. All of us did. We're like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to rest. Little did we know we had a pandemic coming in 2020. We were going to rest anything. Everything was closed. And what's cool is we were spiritually ready for that. Like it was just, a, I, like we, like, it's almost like God knew this was coming. <laughs> All right? And it's like so cool. In 2020, we sat, we, you know, we sat down, we surrendered to God for 2021. He says, I want my people to, to wake up, to rise up, and to do my work. And so we did that. And we planned, planned accordingly. In, 20, we, uh, in 2021, for this year, God said, I want you to reach the lost. We did, man. We've been pursuing the lost. Had a baptism again, right? This first service, it's awesome. And it's beautiful and it's amazing. And this year, what God said for us to do is to send them out. Now, he's talking to the leadership here, right? You know, so this is how we do this. We, we pray for a couple hours or so, an hour or two. We all get back together and say, what did God say for us to do? And ultimately, what he said was to send them 
out. What he meant was not send them out, but to send you out. Amen? Amen. Like send you out, send me out, send us out. Like we're going into the field. This harvest is that God has called us to go into. We're his workers. And this is what it means to actually do what God said for us to do. So he's saying, sometimes he says to rest. Sometimes he says reach the lost. Sometimes he's like, wake up and get busy, right? Let's go. And sometimes he says, you're going to go into the harvest field. And this is a little scary for some of us because some of us like the, because you've heard a lot of the people, man, since COVID and everything like that, here's my church. I'm going to sit there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch online. Right? There's nothing wrong with it. I'm glad you guys are online. We want our online presence to increase, not so that people go, you guys are a cool church, but because people's souls have been reached through the digital airwaves. Amen. And so we want to, however God reaches people, but do not ever think for one second that you sitting there watching online is your church. That's not your church family. You can be part of a church family and watch a sermon online and watch, watch services online, but being involved in the church family, doing what the church family does together, that's what a church does. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that digitally. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that say, what I do for church is I watch Sunday morning service online. That's it, man. That's all I got to do. I don't need to be in fellowship. And God has called us to be in fellowship as a family of believers. Matthew 9, and one of the things that when we uh, looked at the scriptures that God was saying, we texted folks back and forth. I'm like, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm hearing. And Matthew 9, when it came up, we, it was like, that's our scripture for the year. Check this out. When, then Jesus went to, went to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt, what's that word? Compassion for them. Guys, I, 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 I don't know about y'all. But this doesn't sound like the Jesus that most people portray Jesus being. Like you'll, you'll hear people portray Jesus being this religious figure, right? Where, or or you'll, you'll, you'll hear people portray Jesus as this, um, I don't know, peace-loving, kind of hippie-like, uh, sitting in a lotus position, burning incense, like, he's just sort of this guy, right, that's very peaceful, and he, no matter what you do, it's okay. Or you'll have him portrayed as this vengeful uh, man, guy who just is going to smite you and condemn you for what you all could never, Jesus could never forgive me for what I've done, the, things like that. And yet he's already paid that price. Like, it's, a, it's amazing to me. Or it's a, the religious Jesus where you got to do all these things and all this stuff to be able to get to him, right? Or we, we add stuff to it, like we got to go through a religious person to get to actually get to Jesus. Or we got to go through Mary to get through Jesus. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that people kind of add to scriptures. And yet Jesus is like, no one comes to the Father except through me. It's really simple. It's not easy, but it's really simple. Because it's easy to add stuff to 
the scriptures. It's hard to just do what God says. That's the hard part, amen? And that's what we're teaching people to do. I was even doing a, a funeral for Mama Joanne, right? This this week, man. Good to have you guys in, in, in the house. And I was sharing with them, and I do this at funerals a lot because I think this, this picture of who Jesus actually is, man, is so construed because we can't comprehend that it's a guy that actually likes us and wants to be with us. He's God, absolutely. He's the creator of the universe. And I mean, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, like makes everything we see, no doubt about it. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and every knee will bow. But we have trouble a lot of times seeing him as somebody that wants to be with us. Seeing him as somebody that, that really likes us and, and, and has claimed himself to not be the condemner of the world, but the savior of the world, because those without Jesus are condemned already. He goes, that's our natural destination. I didn't come to do that. I came to save the world, right? And he literally wants to be with us, so much so that in Revelation 3, he does something that I think is preposterous, ridiculous, maybe even a little crazy. Because I can't comprehend, it's hard for me to comprehend, I'm not, I'm not saying this is right, I'm saying this is, I struggle with this, because what he does is something so amazing. Now, I, now what he does in Revelation 3, he's judging all the churches, the churches, church at Laodicea, man, he's saying, you're neither hot nor cold, so I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. And people are like, man, we're about to eat lunch, don't get too gross. And that preaches really well, like, like a lot of people are like, white knuckling and I'm like oh man we can't do the hot we got to be hot for Jesus right but he's saying you're neither hot nor cold you're lukewarm I'm gonna vomit you out of my mouth and and it preaches really well and and I could easily say you don't want to be chunks in Jesus's vomit do you <laughs> and people walk away going man that was a good sermon right there man chunks in Jesus vomit man look at that guy right but the, it's like it's like Jesus gives us the solution. And here's what's so amazing about Jesus. I think this is what this is the scripture that really made me love him a bunch because he says, I stand at the door and knock. I mean, this is in context of judging this church. And he's but to anyone that opens that door, I will come in and I will have dinner with that person and he with me. And it made me realize that yes, he's showing his power and his, his awesome mighty, like he's the judge. Yeah, no doubt about it, but I am that, but I'm gonna knock on your door, man. If you open it, I'm not gonna come in and condemn you. I'm not gonna come in and remind you of everything you've done. I'm not gonna come in and remind you of everything that I've done to save your sorry behind. I'm not gonna come in and say, you know, if you hadn't done this and hadn't done this and hadn't done this, I wouldn't have had to die on the cross and rise from the grave and do all the things. He said, I wanna come in and have dinner with that person. I just wanna be with you. How amazing is this Jesus? But it's like the sham wow commercials, but wait, there's more. <laughs> like, Jesus says, on top of that, because to me that's ridiculous enough that this, this 
King of kings and Lord of lords wants simply to have fellowship with me, wants to have a cheeseburger. Are you kidding me? Maybe pizza. Maybe go chicken, go gizzards. I don't know, man. I can only pray and hope. Then he says something to me is insane for a king like Jesus to say. Like I ain't never been had this offer before. Because he says, I will, on top of that, to this person that is victorious in me, I will put that person on my throne with me as my father put me on his throne with him. At that point, my mind is blown. At that point, I'm going, wait a second, this makes no sense. This makes zero, like, okay, okay, maybe, maybe, just maybe I can get over the fact that you want to come in and just eat with me and have fellowship with me. Okay, I get that. But how in the world can I be put on a throne as royalty like you? Why would you do that? And, and I, I, like, some people are like, why would he do that? Because he's God, he can do what he wants. Yes, we understand that. But man, I really don't have a great answer, except he just loves the snot out of you and me. That's all I got. He loves us enough to know what we've done and still place us in a royal position with him. I mean, we talk, like, we talk about kingdom come, we just don't think a lot of times we're a part of that as royalty, and yet we're, we are sons and daughters of the king and brothers of Jesus. It's ridiculous. Amen? Amen. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I, people are like, I, you're, you're, you're demeaning Jesus. I'm just repeating to you what he said. Like, this is why I go, I, I, it's real simple in Scripture, and I know when I say it, a lot of people don't like it because of stuff they've been taught. And I'm like, this Jesus just wants to be with you and he wants to place you in a, in, like on the throne with him. And this is why I think he looks at it and he says, I have compassion on these people. Because I can look at them and I go, he sees stuff we don't see. And he sees the people that, know, that are going to know him and know him. And then he looks at them and he goes, compassion, because what does it say? They were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, and this is the scripture that comes out, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And all God's people said, Amen. This is why, like, this is why we go into this. Like, we're sent. This is why God doesn't say send them out. He's like, send you out. Send us out. Send me out. And our like our, our personal approach, yes, has to be here I here I am, Lord, send me, right? No doubt about it. But it is also a collective sending as a church body into the harvest field. One worker cannot do this, but a bunch can. Amen, right? Absolutely. And so the harvest is the Lord's and we are his workers. And when he says to send them out, a.k.a. send you out, and like 
this culmination comes up today where we celebrate the harvest that we haven't even harvested yet in 2023. We're celebrating and praying for God to, to fill it and go ahead of us. Man, it's, it's an amazing, beautiful, and incredible thing. So what, here's what I'd like to do. There's a bunch of people, a bunch of leaders. If you don't know, we have about, and we have two services. Some of the leaders come to one service and different services. We happen to have just about all the leaders at the first service, and, uh, and some of the leaders are gone to go get Thanksgiving dinner bought for the blessing basket. So we'll have a few of you guys here, but I want to share with you some folks and have them come forward so that we can pray over the leaders of this church as they lead these ministries into the harvest field. So first I'd like to get um, Mike and Amy Francis. Is Amy, Amy still here with Yes. Amy, yeah. I saw Mike. Mike pulled up. Mike, um, Mike and Tony and Scott uh, are the bearded wonders in the sound booth, man. We literally have, hold up that fake beard. Yeah, thank you. you Anola's going to help. Man, you got to put the beard on. There you go. Thank you, Anola. You got it. Anola, for those of you online, is actually putting on a fake beard so she can be part of the club up in the sound booth. I love that. You guys are like ZZ Top up there. I freaking love it. This is so good. <laughs> but this is an example of how God says, I'm doing something different. Like we had for a long time Celebrate Recovery, and, and man, you guys love Celebrate Recovery. And God said, do this broken chains ministry. Now, it happens to be with a, with a guy we love and love and uh, very, very close friends with, Mike Grubbs, who developed this curriculum. And, uh, and, and, and yet, it's like, you start that. That seemed to be what God wanted you to do and to reach those who are incarcerated. So it's a completely, it's, it's, yes, it's similar in some aspects to other addiction or codependency type you know, ministries, but this is like specifically reaching the incarcerated, those in the Johnson County detention system, right? And so it's, so, it's something completely new. So thank you guys for being obedient and like hearing God's voice in this, amen. Hallelujah is right. Outreach and first impressions of like Tina, Scott's going to join us, man. Thank you, Enola, for helping out. I bring, uh, Tina is a, a terrific leader. And if you don't know, um, like, I don't have the gift of leadership. Tina does. And when I say that, it doesn't mean I don't lead or can't lead. It just means a lot of times I'll call Tina. I say, Tina, could you get everybody's attention? Because they're not listening to me, right? That's just like, but, but Tina has, like, her and Scott do so much for first impressions, uh, which is our welcoming. Like, if you felt welcome today, that's these guys right here, right? Amen. <laughs> um, now, Tina gets all the credit. Scott admits that, but Scott does a lot of the work for that. So I want to bring him up as well. You know, um, like, just stuff that gets built, stuff that gets, you know, um, Produce. I think we got like a fireplace or something like that coming for next week. Something crazy. Like, like how do you guys do this, right? Oh, what's that? Oh, he doesn't know yet. Okay, never mind. So, so he's going to be like, so about this fireplace. Tina's out. I was just going to tell you. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly. Voluntold is right. Oh, man. Oh, but Tina does, uh, first impression, also does our outreach ministry. And I'll never forget. You know, when we were doing the, the block party last year, and um, she's, she just looked at me. She goes, I have 
to do this. I'm like, okay, all right, hey, you know, no problem. And so she runs our outreach, like literally goes to the city officials and say, hey, for blessing, for blessing baskets that we're going to be doing today, like who are people that need a Thanksgiving dinner? Like she goes to the people like, and they love her at the city and they're like, Tina's awesome. I'm like, yeah, I know, man, it's great. And then, uh, then she makes Scott do everything. So <laughs> what a great leader does, right? Hence, I don't have the gift of leadership, so I can't get anybody to do it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's the way to do it. That's exactly right. But it, it's, it's amazing what, uh, what Tina and Scott do for outreach and first impressions. And if you think we've done a lot of outreach opportunity and events this, this year for 2022, 2023, um, you ain't seen nothing yet. The plans are amazing. Amazing. And you can see some of this stuff on, you can look on our website, you can look on our app for our, our ministry plan for next year. Um, we got, uh, my, my, th- now, Judy had to go uh, for the second service. My wife, um, she happens to be my favorite leader of all of us. No offense, no offense to all the other leaders, but she is o- overseeing our, our education, which is, we, we're, we have actually, uh, like uh, accredited professors come in and teach us quarterly scripture. We teach us about, uh, we had Mike Grubbs, who's a, a, a seminary professor, came in and uh, taught us about how to deal with emotion, like emotional issues and know when to refer. It's, it's just a, a, amazing that we get to do this. Uh, Sanford, is Sanford in the house? Kristen, they had to go? They had to go? So Kristen Sanford oversees our discipleship called D3, which is, like, if, if, if I'm going to be honest, this is the thing, I, not that I'm not passionate about a lot of things, but when, when I see discipleship done God's way in a church, man, I'm like, this is awesome. For example, we don't just baptize somebody like we did in the first service and then stick them in a Bible study. Nothing wrong with Bible studies. But, but when Jesus says to go teach them to be obedient to everything I've commanded you after you've baptized someone... Man, and, and we actually teach people to be obedient rather than teaching them what Jesus said. We teach them how to actually apply the word of God. Man, it blows my socks off. And I love the fact that Kristen has stepped into that role. Her husband, Steve. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Her husband, Steve Sanford, is our facilities uh, guy. He oversees like the maintenance and uh, gathers people once a month on Wednesdays to, to do things at the church to make sure things are fixed and and that kind of stuff. And what I love about this is that he'll see stuff that I've looked at for eight years, nine years. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't even, I don't even see it anymore. He goes, I got to fix that. You know, I'm like, all right, cool, you know, because somebody else will. So it's Mama Pam still in the house. Mama Pam. Oh, uh, let's go. <laughs> Mama Pam still. What can I say? Now, be praying for Pam. She lost a very dear friend of hers, her horse, Hot Rod, this past week. Uh, Hot Rod was in our trunk or treat. He was in our parade last year. And Hot Rod passed away this week, and it has been really, really tough for Pam. And I want to share with you that Pam loves our youth. She's our student city minister, and she oversees our youth. And what I love about Pam is that she says there are 200 youth in our city of Edgerton. She says even though we have you know, 15, 20, 25, depending on the event and the, the, the day of youth coming to our, our youth meetings, we only have four from this city. Pam is committed to go reach like a gazillion of those youth 
right here in Edgerton, man. Amen. And so it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. Alicia Smith, I'm going to bring, uh, bring your family, bring uh, Daniel. So uh, <coughs> Alicia, Alicia in the first service said, we're a package deal. We're all coming up. I'm like, all right, cool. I love it. So it's a family affair. I love this family. I've known this family for, gosh, for a long, long time. Daniel is our elder, so he is the boss. He's the guy I sit at his feet and take notes, steal half his stuff for my, my sermons. So sorry, bro. You got to come up with the other, the other half. But uh, I need more material soon. I'm running out. So I'm gonna, we'll, we'll get together. But he is our elder. And he'll say he's a young elder, and he's right, but uh, probably one of the most wise, wise dudes on the planet and keeps a lot of us just grounded, right? Alicia, his beautiful wife, and her family. Alicia Lee leads our Kid City area. And thank you for that. Some of y'all know that Judy and my story is very, very much, we started going to church so someone would watch our kid because we were exhausted, honestly. You do more than watch children. You, you, you don't just babysit them and protect them, man. You teach them who Jesus is and what you guys are wanting to do this year like reaching to the parents and gathering those, those parents and really infiltrating families with the gospel. Um, man, I'm, I'm, it's, it's beautiful what God has, has laid on the Kid City area to do. So, so thank you guys. Thank you for the, the whole Smith family. It's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, ben and Hannah White, I think, had to step out, but they're over young adults, um, which I think, honestly, is a little bit discriminatory. Um, uh, you know, because they won't let me even join because it's 20-somethings or something like that. So I don't know, you know. But they're going to be reaching some young adults, man, in Wellsville, in Baldwin, and here in Edgerton, in Gardner, in Olathe. And they've already started doing that, gathering some of those young folks and everything like that. I don't even know who they are because they won't let me come. So, <laughs> so I was like, hey, you guys got dinner tonight? Yeah, yes, you can't come, Casey. It's all right. It's all right. But uh, it hurts, but, you know. That's why I have Jesus, right? I have hope. I don't, I don't grieve like the rest of the world grieves. So, no, no, I'll be all right. I'll cry here in a minute. I'll collapse out in the lobby when I'm done. So, thank you, thank you. I uh, want to want to bring up uh, Tony Greasehaber. Um, <coughs> Tony, Tony is our Tony is our unsung hero. Like, like, and he likes it that way. So he's like, uh, he's like. The guy that makes sure everything behind the scenes is, is working and working properly. And he's the one that freaks out if the internet goes down. And if our mic doesn't work, he's like, <laughs> you know, because the first service I was like trying to turn it on. Like, he can't turn it on. And he just, he, he brings it back. He goes, all right, we got to test it. That kind of thing. He's a guy that keeps us organized and make sure that the, like, the, the, the calendar is set and the, Things look right. Whenever, like anything you see online, anything you see on slides, anything, like Tony makes sure that that is, that is something we see. The online presence that we have, Tony is like making sure, like he is on top of it, man. And it's, it's kind of one of those things, it's, it, it's not very sexy, I guess, although you are, so right? Is that, is that what I'm saying? So, so, so Enola says your wife. I mean, that's what, that's, what, that's what she was telling me. That's what she was telling me, right? But, uh, but, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that you love doing, you're passionate about doing. I'll never forget, it was last year when he kept saying, man, we got to have better communication around here, man. Things, the communication's off and communication's lacking. And, they, 
And I kept going, huh, I wonder what he wants to do. <laughs> you know? I'm like, hey, let's make him communications guy, right? And, and, and you, were, you were enthusiastically wanting to do that. I want to say, I'm not alone. <coughs> I'm not alone. No, you're not. Right no. The bearded, these bearded gentlemen. The bearded, the bearded wonders, man, right? That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. Yeah, and thank you for that. Thank you for overseeing all you guys, man. Um, when, I, when I have uh, Caleb Allen come up. Caleb, our worship arts medicine dude. I kid you not. Now, now here's the thing. Tony Greasehaper, as organized as Tony Greasehaper is, man, our communication guy, man, he freaking loves Caleb Allen. Like, I'll never forget. Get to, I love this freaking guy, man. Like, here's the deal. Like, uh, like those of us in the ministry world know that most worship ministers are not organized, man. They're always thinking, you know, like, what's that? They're flaky. Yeah, flaky. Okay, let's call them what it is, right? They, but they're always thinking about the heavenly stuff. They're always got the head in the clouds, that kind of thing, too. But, but Caleb and his beautiful wife, Stephanie, who is at home today, right, with your 17 kids. Yep. <laughs> he's only got six, but, man, he's, it's getting there. It's getting there, man. He's making disciples in a way nobody else is, right? So that's right. It's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, but man, I, I, I love what like the fact that he is organized and strategic and man, he's looking at stuff from the from the the um, the receiver's perspective, right? Helping Tony and seeing those kind of things, like um, making sure that things are planned out and organized and teams are, are communicated to, to like. It's, a, it's amazing, and thank you very much. Not to mention, you have a voice like an angel, bro. Right? And so, I love that. How, how like, God brought you to us, man. And I'm just thankful for that this year. And so, this is Caleb's first time actually going through the SEEK process, and it's just, just amazing. I want to lift up Jay and Rhonda Sloan. They had to leave, but, um, um, but man, we've got some folks that are going to be joining them if you don't know, we are a church that plants churches. That's what we do. It's who we are. You know, we planted, uh, you know, helped other churches plant out of here. We planted Raytown campus out of this church, which is completely weird because we got cows across the street and we planted an urban church with a McDonald's across the street, right? That's just what we do. And we're working on doing that again with a church called Believe Church. Kind of circle of life, right? Yeah. That's right. So we're working. On, so so we're trying to trying to help uh, a church in Spring Hill called Believe Church, that several of you guys are going to help them do that. And it's really hard for us here in Edgerton to, to to think about quote unquote losing people, but we're not losing people, right? They're, we're sending people out into the harvest field to do His thing. Like it's 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 a it's an incredible thing. Like when God says. Send them out. He means it, right? And several of you guys are going to be helping Believe Church because we're the sending church for that church. So pray for Jay and Rhonda Sloan. So as we pray over these leaders, man, I want to want to help us to understand that we will equip and encourage and send workers into his harvest. We will encourage worn out workers and we will give them rest. But it's God's rest, not our rest. We were going to enliven workers this year who have rested, frankly, long enough. Some of us have, right? It's time to get back into the game. 
And we will have compassion on the lost the same way Jesus did. And we're not going to do this with condemnation or judgmentalism. Proper judgment, yes, but, but not, with, not with anything but compassion on those who need him the most. So as we pray over these folks, if you wouldn't mind, just to kind of lift your hands to the, to the Lord and, and lift your hands over to these leaders. And if any of you want to come lay hands on these leaders, awesome, please do it. Because these are the folks that are going to carry the, the work of the harvest forward in their particular areas. So, Father, we just love you. And we thank you so very, very much for the opportunity not only to give and to worship you in our giving and to fund the ministries that you have laid on us to do, but to the fact that you have anointed and continue to anoint each and every one of these leaders. Lord, we have a lot of fun and we goof off a lot and we are family and we give each other a hard time and we have nicknames for each other that sometimes is offensive. I don't know, man. It's just what brothers and sisters do. You're laughing with us and it's awesome. But this is your business and it is your field and it is your harvest. And we're asking, Father, that you and go ahead of us in all these areas. Go ahead of us in Spring Hill. Go ahead of us in worship and gathering families. Go ahead of us in communication. Go ahead of us in the, in the prisons that we're going to be reaching, in the, the jails and our broken chains. Go ahead of us as we do outreach into the community and, and bring people in and welcome them in such a way. Go ahead of us with our students. Father, go ahead of us in our kids' city area. Go ahead of us, Lord, in our education. Go ahead of us in Spring Hill. Go ahead of us in our discipleship. Go ahead of us in how we fix things and prepare things. And go ahead of us in our leadership in our eldership. Because if you don't go ahead of us and if you're not with us, Lord, we don't want to go. And so we're asking, Father, we are begging in a beautiful, loving, wonderful way for you to guide as you send us into your field. Give us the compassion for those that need you that only you can provide. We love you, Father. We trust you. And we thank you as we step into this worship of giving. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody in the house said, amen. everybody online said, amen. Well, amen. <laughs> what a day it has been in the first service. I, 